NFL Week 13 prop bets hit, man. As we get later in the season, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, we're getting to know more about these teams, these players, and that can mean point spreads become tighter at this stage of the season. That could have some nice implications for teasers that we can touch on a bit later in the show. But as far as prop lines over the course of the season, do you also see those get any tighter as we get more data on players across the league? A hundred percent. It gets tighter. Um, and more than ever, the lines have gotten tighter this year. I've spoke about it. There's just more eyes on the prop lines this year. There's more services that are releasing earlier and earlier before there's much liquidity in the market. And it's just getting tougher. It's getting tougher to get down. It's getting tougher to that, that lines, good lines, mistake openers from a place like DraftKings. They're just getting bet so early that it's getting tougher. And you know what? The openers by like places like DraftKings and Caesars, they're better also. Like it's still very beatable because it's impossible to put out correct lines on every market, on every single player. But the lines, ha the openers even have gotten tougher. So yeah, the more data points that there is, a tougher the market is. Like I love week one props. And it's funny because I had my worst week of the year in week one props, which usually doesn't happen. It just, I don't know, it happened this year, but typically I like week one props the most because I'm the guy that's been following the whole off season. I know players anticipated usage better than these sports books. Now, the more time that goes on, the more stats, the more data points, tougher it gets. So yes, it does get tougher, but still week to week, a lot of opportunities still because there's always new situations like every week it's like oh well Deshaun Watson's back for Cleveland now that's a new there, there's no data points on that so what's happening Mike White's now the quarterback for the Jets there's no data points on that so you know you get new good opportunities every single week but yeah it does get a little bit tougher as the season goes on. If I'm not careful, you're going to be hosting the show yourself pretty soon because Mike White was the first player I wanted to get into. A perfect bridge from what you just spoke to. Fairly new quarterback under center for the Jets as they head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And make no mistake about it, Mike White was great last week. He did everything anybody possibly could have expected out of him. And he's taking on a Vikings defense this week, especially against the pass that has been very susceptible. Now, on the other side of the coin, Mike White dominated last week against the Bears defense. That's one of few in the league to be clear-cut worse than what he's going to get against the Vikings this Sunday. And he does a lot of his damage with yards after the catch, a shallow average depth of target. I feel like the Vikings, if they stick to their typical tendencies, can be exploited in that way. But if they're just not stubborn and can adjust to a quarterback that the league was pretty quick to figure out last season when he stepped in for a few games in the middle of the year, the Vikings could possibly clamp down on White. I think there's a reason that he hasn't been a starter for extended periods to this point in his career. So I know that there's a lot of optimism around the Jets offense right now, and particularly in this matchup. But Hitman, any thoughts on Mike White's prop for passing yardage currently sitting at 247 and a half? I lean to the under, and I might actually end up playing the under. I'm just not playing it now. So uh, there was a release on uh, Mike White's over pass attempts from a service that moves the market a lot. And typically when they do release like even like a correlated market to pass yards, like if they release over attempts 
over completions. The pass yards will typically tend to drip up uh, to go up. So I think that this line could get a little bit higher. And then I potentially look towards the under. But yeah, I'm looking towards the under. I mean, I'm not a believer in Mike White. I think that eventually at the end of the season, the Jets are going to be looking for their new franchise quarterback, whether it's a rookie, uh, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't believe that he's the answer. Um, his line last week, it closed 204, and I lost a lot of money playing under 225, 220. Now, a lot of the reason that it closed a lot lower was because of the weather. But still, we're seeing a big jump. And Mike White, his average depth of target over the last two years, the only quarterback out of like a ton of qualified quarterbacks that has as low of an average depth of target as Mike White is Colt McCoy. So he's a guy that is throwing the ball very short. Last week he was throwing the ball short, but a lot of yards after the catch. The Bears tackling was maybe the worst tackling that I think I've ever seen and I've seen in years. So, I mean, I was keeping a close eye on that game. Had a lot of unders, a lot of frustration. That game did not treat me well. But, um, yeah, I think that Mike White uh, on an under pass yards prop is probably a solid look. But um, I think that you probably wait until – maybe you wait till Saturday. You just monitor the market, and um, I think you might get a little better number than we're seeing right now. But, yeah, I, I definitely am looking towards Mike White unders. And a recurring theme this year, a good handicap needs a good number to make it bettable with White. Is there a certain number that you have in mind or are there any other factors as you just continue to sit back and see just how high it gets as the rest of the betting market I mean, tends to I, push this toward the over? I, I like, like, I'm not fully committing to betting it yet because I just, there's so much work that you have to do on every single prop. There's still some stuff I need to, to look into, but I like Mike White under 247 and a half. Maybe that ends up being a play for me, but I just think it's going to get higher. So, I mean, if it gets higher, I'm very likely going to fire. If it does stay the same, I, I lean towards it, might end up firing. But um, I just think at the, at the current moment, and you're going to be listening to this Friday afternoon or whatever, I, I think that the line does get a little bit higher and see where it goes to and then uh, reevaluate. One thing you touched on that could be inflating White's number a bit, poor tackling from the Bears last Sunday. And I'm wondering if we might see some poor tackling in the next game I wanted to get to with you, Hitman. Tennessee at Philadelphia. Want to talk Derrick Henry. The Eagles, obviously one of the best teams in the NFC, but their rush defense has been very underwhelming lately. It does look like they're probably in line to get Jordan Davis back. But reports that I've seen indicate that he's lost about 20 pounds while he's been out. Plus, if this is his first game in that re-entry stage, we could see a little bit of rust. So I don't think that's going to solve all the problems up front for the Eagles defense. They have been quite susceptible to explosive runs. And with Derrick Henry, I mean, he's the guy you've talked about it with Saquon Barkley at times this year as well. A lot of runs maybe for no gain or very short gain. And then he can just rip off a long one at any moment. Any thoughts on Derrick Henry's longest rush over 15 and a half? Just a bit of juice. We're looking at minus 120 to the over there. Um, I, I leaned to, to the over and I, just because I also lean to the over on his rush yard. So markets are kind of correlated. Um, I will tell you the one thing that's keeping might keep me off Henry props is that he showed up on the injury report about three weeks ago with a foot. I believe it was. And ever since then, his production has not been great. Now he has been getting a ton of volume. 
but his efficiency stats have not been as good. Maybe it's fluky. I mean, he looked pretty good on that 70-yard reception that he had last week against the Bengals. So, Minus holding on to the ball at the end. That was a yeah, pretty good play. Yeah, yeah exactly. That screwed some fantasy owners for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could only lean towards the overs on that prop and on the rush yards over because he's getting so much efficiency or so much volume. The, um, the Eagles' run defense, as you said, has been struggling. You know that the Titans are not going to want to get into a drop-back passing game against the Eagles. They are not the best team in pass protection when it becomes a drop-back passing game. The Eagles have two very good outside corners. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Lean towards the Henry overs, I'll say. All right, let's see if there's anything in the way of a lean or perhaps a bit stronger than that. In the next game, we can get to Washington at the Giants. Want to touch on Saquon Barkley. He will be running behind a beat-up offensive line for the Giants. Jacob, I, I hope they can withstand it for your sake, but they will be opposing a stout Rundy and a Washington defensive line that's probably going to get Chase Young back. Now, I'm not expecting Young to be at full strength right out of the gate, but anything he might be able to add would just be icing on the cake for an already strong Washington front. Hitman, any thoughts on Barkley because of this matchup to maybe come in under his rushing yardage total, currently lined at 69 and a half? I think the line's about right. And for comparison, Barkley was at, I think, 73-ish against Dallas last week. And that was pretty much an equally tough matchup. Like this Washington run defense is pretty good. Their defensive line, I mean, it has a clear mismatch to the Giants' offensive line. And that number was 73 in Dallas. I know he went under by a lot, but there's maybe a little more reasons for optimism with the Giants, I believe, are getting some offensive linemen back this week. And the big difference between those two lines is that against Dallas, 10-point underdog in a game where you could see Dallas's offense will have some success, make the Giants go away from the run. Now you have a game that's close to pick them, where I just don't know if Washington's offense is ever going to force the Giants to get out of the game script that they want to play, which is give Barkley the ball 20 times or so. So, you know what? I, I think – and Barkley, we were seeing lines. Like, even like when he played the Lions, which, again, easier matchup. And I think Barkley was in the 90s on his rush yards. That was two weeks ago, the Dallas game last week. So, I, I think that the line has been moved enough to where I just end up ultimately passing on Barkley props. All right, so we've got two leans and a neutral viewpoint from you so far. We will get to some actionable info one way or another here, so let's keep at it. Chargers at the Raiders want to look into Josh Jacobs here. Uh, frankly, I'm surprised we have numbers on him at this point with some of the uh, injury questions that have been circulated about him. Oftentimes, you know, you've kind of lamented that as the season progresses, as there are injury questions, the board becomes a lot thinner. But we do have some Jacobs numbers posted. Part of that might be because he had a monster game last week. And that overtime run to cap things off, I think, is at the top of a lot of people's minds. And he's going up against a Chargers run defense right now that is just an utter liability. On the other hand, trying to look at things from both sides Jacobs has had a big workload in recent weeks and overtime didn't help matters, especially as he does nurse that calf injury. So he's probably not going to be at a hundred percent come Sunday, 
So that actually has me wondering, Hitman, if there might be any value looking toward the under for Jacobs rushing yards currently lined at 91 and a half. Yeah, I like the under. Um, I will say that I am going to hold off maybe to hear some practice reports, hear some beat writers, everything. But the only way I'll, I'll put it like this, the only way that you could play Jacobs is under. I know that these calf strains have a tendency to be re-aggravated and I'm, I'm pretty sure Jacobs is not doing much in practice this week. They said it was a legitimate game time decision that he would play last week. I understand it's an amazing matchup to char against the Chargers run defense, which absolutely sucks, but you cannot play an over in my opinion on Jacobs unless, I mean, Again, I always say that the best prop better in the world is the one that has the best information. So, I mean, if you get good information, whether it's from a, a source or from 99% of people, it's going to be from a beat writer or something. And they say Jacobs looks really good, full workload. It's not going to be an issue. Then I guess you could look towards an over. But from reading the tea leaves, I don't know if we're going to get that. It looks like he's just really toughing it out. And I think that the chance of a re-aggravation is um could definitely happen so there's one way that you could approach jacob's props and it's to play the under in my opinion and sticking with that afternoon window on sunday i want to throw a dealer's choice your way hitman because for once this season we've got multiple marquee matchups in the late window sunday i think a lot of people really looking forward to dolphins 49ers as well as chiefs Bengals in an afc championship game rematch so a lot of entertainment value to be had in that late window on Sunday. Any prop value you're seeing in either of these games to add to that entertainment value? There's not many lines up right now. I know the passing yards are up really high numbers on, on Burrow and Mahomes. Um, I'm interested to see what the chase numbers come in as, at, if they're going to market chase at his numbers before the injury. Um, I think that's another one that you, you monitor reports on Chase um, and you, you see if he's going to get a full workload, is he 100%. I think that his over might end up getting inflated. Again, there's no number out, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was inflated because I think that so many prop bettors are just going to have in their mind what he did in that week 16 game or week 17 game last season where he went for like 250 yards and cost me a fantasy championship in my most important league by playing and somebody's futures bets on Mac Jones rookie of the year went down the drain in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to get off some, I, I had some Jones positions rookie of the year. I was able to get off some with some chase after that, but yeah, that, that was a, that's a game that a lot of people remember. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be stunned again, no numbers out, but I would not be surprised if chase, did have a little bit of an inflated number, but we'll, we'll have to see what it comes in at. All right. So some numbers to keep an eye out for Sunday afternoon. And we did recently see a number hit the board for Monday night that I want to touch on with you as well. That Monday night matchup hitting the saints against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Want to talk Mike Evans for a moment. It looks like Marshawn Lattimore is in line to make his return for the Saints. And for whatever reason, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles have an unwavering commitment to the run, especially on early downs for Tampa Bay. 
So with those two factors in play, maybe it's overly simplistic on my mind. I know the number is not as high as it's been for Evans in certain points this season. But what do you think about Evans receiving yards under 60 and a half? Lean to the under. You know, Evans, I don't know. Yeah, he just hasn't been right recently. And a lot of people are saying, like, you know, it looks like he doesn't have that second gear that he's typically had in the past on some of the deep balls, like not track, not running to the ball, tracking it as well. I know we had a really poor game last week. Chris Godwin's getting all the usage right now. So I would lean towards Godwin over props uh, uh, with Tampa. I, I could only, again, I, I'm not committing to it, but definitely looking towards Evans unders, uh, but you got to see if Lattimore is playing. That that's the handy one of the biggest parts of the handicap. And you know, it's funny with unders, you always talk about like, oh, well, there's multiple outs to winning an under. Player could have a bad game, game script, player could get injured. Well, with Mike Evans, what do we have to throw in? Like maybe like a two percent probability that he just gets thrown out of the game fighting with Marshawn Lattimore. So I mean, he's already been kicked out of two games in his career, I think, against the Saints, fighting with Marshawn Lattimore. So what what is it like a one percent probability just that you could add to another out on winning an under that Evans gets ejected? So yeah, I, I think that Evans unders are um, decent luck. I haven't bet it myself yet, but definitely the, the direction I'm looking at. I'm almost tempted just to throw down a few bucks on it just in case Evans does get ejected. And that could be one of the most memorable ways to win a prop bet in a long time with the way you just broke that down. A lot of leans so far in the show. We will get to some official picks. But before then, have a new ad read that will tie in nicely with our picks segment. Want to let everybody know that Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. And with Thrive, you can eliminate hours of research and focus on the top tier players that have the biggest impact on the game. Here's how it works. You choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. And if you hit the most props and rack up the most points, you're in line for a share of the prize pool. Now, if we're talking overs and unders with Thrive, here's an over you can bank on. Thrive has over $200,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. So to get in the game, download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. And use the promo code HAMMER when you sign up today and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Now, Hitman, this segment, the official picks this week, going to be of interest to Thrive Fantasy players and prop bettors alike. Any bets you'd like to go ahead and lock in to the Props and Hops Week 13 portfolio? Um, some that we didn't talk about. Debo Samuel, under 51 and a half receiving yards. I don't even know if he's going to play to be honest in this game, but if he doesn't play or if he does play like the under um, usage hasn't been as good for him recently. They have so many weapons against the specific style of defense that Miami plays male on man coverage doesn't get as many targets. So I think that Debo unders are worth a look. And then um, let's go to Matt Ryan under, I think, I believe it's, what are you seeing right now? 217 and a half pass yards. I am on the hunt for it. Jacob, let me know if you get there first. That one, for some reason, stayed in Sunday night. I think NBC could have flexed it, but I guess they wanted to keep the Cowboys in prime time. 
let's see, Matt Ryan, passing yards hit man, you said? Yep. Currently seeing, oh, it's it's pretty spread out. I'm seeing anywhere from 216 and a half to 223 and a half. Okay. Yeah, let's just call it 219 and a half, meet in the middle. But Matt Ryan under pass yards against his pass rush of Dallas, they're going to have to run the ball and get a lot of short stuff. And you saw the Steelers, who are a bootleg version of Dallas's pass rush, really gave them a lot of trouble on Monday night. And with Jeff Saturday, he's been really committed to running the ball, running the ball on first down. So, yeah, I think that um, Matt Ryan under 219 and a half pass yards, we'll call it, is worth a bet as well. Sounds good. Anybody who's listened to the show often knows that I will have a teaser to lock in shortly. As far as prop bets go, um, I, I really liked our discussion about Mike White off the top. So instead of locking in under 247 and a half right now, I will sit back and wait. So nothing official at this stage, but I'll keep my fingers crossed that this one might even get into the 250s. Again, don't want to take away from what White did last week. He did everything that anybody could have asked of him in that matchup. I just think this might be a bit of a reality check and things might be getting a little bit too inflated for him. So keeping a close eye out for a spot to sell high on Mike White and take his passing yards under. As far as a teaser goes that I am ready to make official right now, I'll go with the Giants plus eight and a half hosting Washington. So Jacob and I can share some rooting interest with that one. And to make it a teaser, it takes two to tango. Let's call it the Seahawks minus one against the Rams as the second leg. Full disclosure, this will be more of a pizza bet for me. All the Giants exposure I wanted is tied up in a teaser pairing the Giants with the Ravens before the Ravens were steamed out of teaser territory in recent hours. But that said, if you don't have any Giants exposure yet, I do like them in a teaser paired with Seattle. In that first leg with the Giants, the low total in this game, I think it's right about 40. Check me if I'm wrong if that's changed recently, but we've got a low total. That magnifies the value of the points we get in a teaser. The Giants also the home team in this one, coming off extra rest, having played last on Thanksgiving. And Brian Dayball this season, Jacob has kind of touched on it at points, bringing in a more low-variance style of play, not asking Daniel Jones to do too much. And while that might limit some of the big explosive plays, it's also limited a lot of the mistakes that plagued Daniel Jones his first couple seasons in the league. So I like low variance from a team that I'm teasing, especially when the team I'm opposing in that teaser has benefited from some positive variance lately. I know a lot of people are high on Taylor Heineke and what he's doing. But if we look back over the past couple of weeks, there was a lot of late down variance that broke Washington's way in a memorable win on national TV over the Eagles. Just last week, the Giants, or excuse me, Washington got outgained by almost a full yard per play and still managed to beat the Falcons. They needed a late turnover at the goal line to make that happen. And I'm not going to say that Heineke isn't an upgrade over his predecessor, Carson Wentz, but for all the turnovers people like to bag on Wentz for, Heineke's had a lot of turnover-worthy plays that just haven't converted into turnovers yet. So I feel like while there is reason for optimism around Washington, some of the good fortune might be a ticking time bomb. So I like taking the Giants up through the seven and the eight in a teaser this week. Shorter handicap for Seattle. Basically, they're taking on a team that Hitman, I think you referred to it, on edge rush is essentially the Rams practice squad on Sunday. So if this line moves, I think it's probably only going to go up between now and kickoff. We could be in a situation where we're getting six and a half or seven points for the price of six by teasing Seattle now basically asking the clearly superior team to do a little more than win outright. I will say it's been a pretty juicy teaser board this week. Cincinnati sitting in teaser territory has some appeal. And then if you're interested in a six and a half point teaser, 
laying a little bit more vig up to minus 130. The Chargers at the Raiders, the Lions hosting the Jags have some interest. And then at some books, even the Falcons, where they're plus one hosting the Steelers, that could be a promising six and a half point teaser leg as well. So a lot to choose from this week. Hit me on any thoughts on my official pick for the show, the Giants and the Seahawks. It's probably the best teaser on the board right now. Um, I I played the, the Baltimore one, but you said they're getting out of uh, teaser territory. Right now, I played also the uh, the Jacksonville one. That's out of territory right now. Atlanta, a lot of them are going to pick them, going the other way. But I think at the current market, it is the best one. Um, I like the Seattle one. Again, the Rams. I mean, Bryce Perkins, Kyron Williams, Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby's not even running routes for them. They're basically using him as a sixth offensive lineman. Like this is a and their offensive line. Like this is a practice squad offense at least. So yeah, I, I think that um, Seattle and the Giants is a, a good look this week. All right. So to give everybody a rapid fire recap of this week's props and hops card, Hitman on Debo Samuel under 51 and a half receiving yards, as well as Matt Ryan under 219 and a half passing yards. And my teaser of the week, the Giants plus eight and a half hosting Washington paired with the Seahawks. Currently, you can tease them down to minus one at the Rams. At this stage, as always, we will go ahead and weave in the hops and lead off with Jacob. Jacob, what do you have on tap for this weekend? So this weekend, a lot of sports going on. Obviously, football, World Cup is still going on. Uh, I still have my jersey in the background. Uh, I support England. They have a big game coming up, so lots of good times ahead. A beer I want to pair with those sort of activities, let's call it. Uh, I'm hoping to get my hands on a Dominion City. That is a brewery name. I want to get hands on their Sunsplit IPA. As far as Ontario goes, where I live, I believe this is the best beer you can get in Ontario. It is a craft brewery uh, located in Ottawa. So not as easy to get your hands on. And there is, so it's, if you're listening in America, this might be a little bit of a foreign concept here, but you can't just buy beer anywhere, like at any given gas station. It has to be a government controlled board. So at the LCBO where you buy here, it's not quite as good. So I have to settle for that. When you get it actually delivered from the brewery right to your door, and it's a lot fresher, it just makes the world of difference to the taste. So I'm hoping in some capacity to get my hands on it. Maybe not in the, the purest form coming from the brewery, but getting my hands in some capacity. 6.5% uh, alcohol percentage right in the range you'd expect for an IPA. Tons of hops just bursting with flavor. This is super hazy. Exactly what I'd look for in an IPA, and they do it better than anybody else I've tasted in Ontario. All right, you've sold me on that one. And I've got a question for you when it comes to accessibility. I will say one of the silver linings from the last few years and the nature of the pandemic and how that's shaken things up, at least in my home state of California, good beer has probably never been more accessible. You mentioned some places will deliver to your door. And that has really been the case out here in California. And I have benefited from it quite regularly. When it comes to this beer or other favorites of yours in the Ontario area, has that also become more accessible over the past few years? Or will you still have to go out of your way to seek out what you really enjoy more than all the other beers on the market? I feel like these these more low-key breweries like Dominion City and like another one I've mentioned on the show called Great Lakes Brewery, I feel like they're popping up a lot more at the LCBO, which is the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, so government-regulated stores. 
I've seen them popping up more there, but still sometimes you do have to go out of your way to get it delivered from Ottawa in this case, which can be more expensive, obviously getting delivered all the way from there. And also with Great Lakes Brewery, sometimes their, their best stuff doesn't make it to uh, the stores. So you actually have to get or order it and go pick it up. And that would be for me, a 30 minute drive. It's just outside of downtown Toronto. So I would say more accessible, but uh, still some ways to go for, for the real diamond in the rough sort of finds that you can get at local breweries. Yeah, I'm thinking if delivery from Ottawa is a bit more expensive, but also much more convenient, then hopefully Hitman's bets this week with Debo <laughs> under and Matt Ryan under can help to offset some of that cost and, and make it easier for you to throw back even Maybe. more of those in the not too distant future. All right, well, on my end this weekend, it's also going to be a fun one for me. Uh, people watching on YouTube might see I am repping my Cardinal in gold today as we're a few hours out from USC and Utah kicking things off in the Pac-12 championship. So going to be enjoying some good beer while watching that one tonight. And then tomorrow, not sports related, but a refreshing change of pace. Uh, my small town is having a Christmas parade tomorrow night, and it's it's insane. Uh, they last had it a few years ago. We had Santa Claus flying over in a helicopter and all the kids in town losing their minds um, on the main parade route, our little main dragon town. There were dogs jumping through hula hoops, high school marching bands. I mean, it's, it's kind of cheesy as hell, but if you're in the right mindset, it's also an absolute blast. And to mark the occasion, my wife and I have kind of made this our Christmas party at our house before and after the parade where we'll have about a dozen family and friends over. So IPAs are going to be a given. But I'm really looking forward to some good stouts and sours as well on Saturday night because those are two of my favorite styles, but they often come packaged in 750 milliliter bottles which is a gargantuan commitment if you're trying to tackle that solo. So these are some styles and formats that are best to share at gatherings just like this. So looking forward to some variety this weekend. I'm not going to single out any specific beer, but from the IPAs to the stouts to the sours, a little bit of everything, a lot to look forward to on my end, sports and not sports related. Hitman, what do you have lined up for this weekend? I don't have fun. You know me. During the football season, I don't do Atlantic fun. City is lined up for you this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I literally, as I knew you were going to ask me, so I just Googled the weather for tomorrow. I was like, oh, maybe I'll sneak in a golf round since there's like no college football. And it's going to be like raining and like 23 mile per hour winds tomorrow. So uh, I'm not going to have fun. I'm just going to be betting. <laughs> and uh, and um yeah, gang, trying to earn my money so I could have a lot of fun from uh, February to July. <laughs> there we go. And maybe a Madden game or two to boost that ranking back up to toward what it once was. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm washed. I'm done. I'm not even worried about my ranking no more. <laughs> All right. Well, fortunately, you've given us plenty of insight across the prop betting board on the Week 13 card. So for those of you who are not doing so already, go ahead and get on it. Follow Hitman on Twitter at Hitman428. You can also follow me at mlandis18. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Enjoy week 13 in the NFL, and best of luck with your betting and beer adventures this weekend. I'm